Welcome to Hearing Your Side, a podcast for friendly conversations about controversial subjects. I'm your host, Brad Miller, and our topic today is the LGBT movement. My guest is a gay friend of mine named Mike. We discussed his coming out story, the different letters within LGBT, gay portrayals in media, and clashes between Christian and gay culture. I thought this would be one of the most difficult conversations, but it ended up being one of the easiest and friendliest. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for coming over. I was going to say thanks for coming out. <laughs> and I, was, <laughs> I was thinking of that this morning, and I was like, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, but I appreciate you coming over. No problem. You and I have known each other for, I was trying to think of this, because we were talking about this before, 15 years maybe, so, somewhere on that level? Probably, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Roughly same age, children of the 80s. Of course. We were talking about Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that might be kind of a good place to go, because I kind of want to do go into your story a little bit. And 80s gay culture, I, I mean, I was thinking of this as a first possible question to ask you, but like, which earring was the gay earring? <laughs> you know? In the right ear. Okay, it was the right ear, yeah. You, this, you could have it in the left ear, yeah, but okay. the right ear so meant that, that you were gay. So that was a real thing. Yes. Okay. No, that was real, and that's actually yeah. kind of a, a funny story, because yeah. my sister is older than me, sure. so her and her friends were uh, teasing me and my one friend when we were little, because yeah. we were talking about gay, and I must have only been like, you know, eight or something, so right. they, they were saying, oh, well, gay has different meanings or whatever, you know, you can be happy. Right, yeah. Um, and they said, you know, you can like men, or you wear an earring in your right ear. <laughs> That's so my third sister option. like made us have earrings in a right ear, and we were going around saying that we were gay or whatever. Oh, just as like a goof? As like a goof or yeah. whatever. And we didn't really understand what, right. what she was, you know, kind of tricking us to do or whatever. Yeah, I think we almost thought that it would make you gay <laughs> if you wore it. I mean, it was a wild time. But like you, like you're a big He-Man fan. Of course. You've got the He-Man box set. I've seen it. And I think you were telling me that that was like some kind of awakening for you or am I totally off? Like, it seemed like you love He-Man for more than just the animation well, I don't, or whatever. I don't know if it was an awakening when I watched it as a kid, <laughs> but when you watch it as an adult, you kind of watch uh, okay. it and go, how, how could I how could you watch this and, and not uh, be gay or, or at least <laughs> see the, the uh, homosexual influence of the innuendos, the innuendos that are in there? <clears throat> okay. So, I mean, was the, is there any of that in that early of an age for you or is this? Well, in terms of, I think as a, a child, I did not uh, think that I was gay or whatever, and certainly until puberty. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, stories vary from different people. Some people say they, they right. know their whole existence, you know. Yeah. Um, in, in my case, I, I didn't particularly feel uh, gay or anything as a as a child. It just mm -hmm. pretty much brought on during puberty and, mm -hmm. and adolescence. So I guess I didn't really think about it until right. until that time frame. Yeah, because there are people that'll be like, "Oh, my parents totally knew when I was five or something like that." Like, do you place any stock in that, or are you kind of like, "Well, you're I, seeing I, it in hindsight, like the He Man thing." I do, and I think there's definitely yeah. a spectrum of, of okay. people. Some people that I hate to say more flamboyant but if uh -huh. generally if you're maybe a little more flamboyant than mm -hmm. maybe as a child it's maybe more apparent or whatever but um i see i don't generally come across as uh, too flamboyant if you will i so, don't think so because um, i remember you're coming out to your friend group uh which i wasn't there for but i was told about like i knew you at that time but i remember it was sort of like 
you're in your 20s or something, right? And they were shocked. I mean, not, not to fast forward your story, yes. but I remember I was thinking, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't, I wouldn't have seen that. So I guess you're the will of will and grace or whatever, right? You're the, yeah. <laughs> that's the only a good, option. A good analogy. Yeah. Okay, sure. But yeah, I think some people knew or suspected, yeah. other people didn't. It did catch right. them off guard, but it wasn't something that, you know, it was like you told them and then everyone was like, well, we kind of knew. You know? Right. One friend was immediately nervous in hindsight that you had a crush <laughs> on them, right? I remember that. I remember that. And I remember thinking like, that. that is a place that my mind you know goes is like oh is there some crush or whatever and i remember somebody saying like this is another stereotype growing up whatever is that gay men are just on the prowl like looking to convert <laughs> to convert straight men you know well so, some of the people that um i've had relationships with um they they are on the prowl <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> um they were in the, the process of coming out and i know when they were telling their parents that one of the things was was that oh did did Mike convert you or, <laughs> right. or, or you know, right. bring you to the, you know, dark side or whatever, right. if you will, you know, and that, that definitely is a stereotype that uh, would yeah. be something that you bring someone over or whatever. And yeah, I think there is a, a <laughs> subgenre of red box movies or whatever that is about gay men converting straight men. Is that a uh, fantasy for some, I mean, again, it's, I, I think what we're pointing out really here is that if you meet one gay person, you've met one gay person, you know, like there isn't such an obvious one to one to another, but, um, uh, have you heard that fantasy from gay people of like, you know, because there's all kind of weird power fantasies for straight, you know, movies and whatnot. So, well, I, I would say if, if you could, if you can envision it, then there's some, someone <laughs> okay. has had a, you know, a fantasy. Yeah. I'll just say that. A frightening thing that one of your gay friends said when he was over and one of your more um, outward gay friends <laughs> said was that when I said, I, you know, relationships between men, un bridled by females must be a wild place and i remember him saying it's a very loud place and i went oh god i was like well i guess that's his uh, particular take but yeah so obviously yeah, I mean, all types a, a good general disclaimer is that right. there's a, a wide variety and spectrum of of, of people or whatever and right. certainly you know uh, my viewpoints are one mm. aspect of that giant spectrum so yeah it's, uh, i mean one thing I, I another stereotype that just occurred to me that i have to apologize to you for because i asked you early on like what your relationship was with your dad because mm -hmm. and i remember this and even even like a, a gay christian that i was listening to was saying that whenever he was coming out like someone said well come talk to the pastor but bring your father because we know that gay people often have difficulty with their father like this is what he was saying and this is what i thought too i was like there must be a break with your father and then that sets you off into you know people blame other things you know, like like the idea of, oh, did Mike convert you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I remember asking you, like, oh, do you have a bad relationship with your father? Or just what's your relationship? And I assumed that it would be bad. And, of course, I've met your dad since. It seems completely great. And I think that deserves to be said is that there yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm very lucky to have very um, liberal, forward-thinking parents who um, never had an issue with me being gay and um, have a great relationship with my my parents mm -hmm. in both for very accepting and, and open. <clears throat> but I do have, you know, a friend that did have not a good relationship with his dad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of, I don't know for sure, but I kind of got a sense that, you know, maybe he did think that that did potentially influence him becoming gay. Whereas I had the complete opposite experience right. where I right. never thought any of that could have, could have, you know, caused me to be gay or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I do think different people have different viewpoints on that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, 
couldn't tell you whether yeah <clears throat> I, I have this weird theory that accurate or whatever but <clears throat> i have this weird it's completely uh unbased on any science theory that disney afternoons created a generation of furries so <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll see if that branches out someday into some reality but yeah i mean maybe it could trigger some people i have no idea but it's just one of those things like you said that wide variety of types of people you know and when you, when you did come out to your parents you said there was no issue whatsoever was that before the friends Yes, it was before my friends. Is that um, the first people, literally, that you yes, went yeah. to? Okay. But, yeah, there was no issue. And, you know, shortly thereafter was, you know, friends. Was this, like, <clears throat> a, a year of, like, okay, this is the year? You know, what kind of triggered your decision to start that process? Is it just the culture becoming more accepting? or? I think that's a, that's a good point, too. I, I do think the culture <laughs> was becoming more accepting, um, you know, probably at that time frame. Not to, to date myself or, or whatever, but <laughs> we've already done that. We've, we've already, already made He-Man references the 80s or whatever. So. Yeah. But you know the Ellen DeGeneres show mm-hmm. and Will and Grace. <clears throat> you know, I I think actually had you know quite a large impact on the influence on society. So it was you know before that time frame, it was not very commonly talked about or, or accepted, mm-hmm. and I think that actually had a huge impact on getting people to be more accepting and, and open to it. And uh, I think it helps a lot of people. Uh, understand and maybe see a perspective of that that they could associate with yeah i remember the ellen thing and i remember the christian groups around it and i don't know if you remember there was a lot of boycotting what's funny is we've kind of flipped from a lot of conservative boycotts to a lot of liberal boycotts i feel like but like with chick-fil-a and stuff which we could talk about later but but i remember the ellen boycott being at the time like this thing of like shut this down take it off of television and i think back now of like what an embarrassment it's it's basically we don't agree with this, therefore no one can even see it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right, so extreme yeah. that now I look back just and feel shame about that. Is like, even if you thought, and I think people are free to think that, you know, homosexuality is a sin, whatever, to say that no one can even view it is some <laughs> kind of a, you know, China level, you know, censorship thing right, that I know, just... Propaganda I, and, right, you know... It, yeah, yeah, I don't think that that leads to good places. Yes, just, it doesn't open conversations sure. or, or dialogue or anything. And we like that on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. We is me, because I made it. Um, so, yeah, I kind of want to talk about the culture, the LGBT culture, because I think it's very easy to, as we've already been discussing, lump someone in with their group. You know, I, I feel that way certainly about Christians. When I see a Christian film, I go, oh God, is this any good <laughs> or whatever? And I, I feel almost this weird protective sense of like how the entire church is represented, which is silly because there are Christians of every stripe as there are LGBT people of every stripe. But particularly that group is interesting to me because of the breakdown of those letters. Mm-hmm. Because you as a gay man... Do you feel a, a, a commonality between these other letters? You know, some of them are, in a sense, pretty different from your experience. You yeah, know? I think that I think that's a good good question or good good topic. Um, I don't know if I have Thank much you. enlightening thoughts <laughs> on it, but um, no, there is it. In a sense, they're all minorities or, or you know, a group of people that were have been repressed or um, had. Uh, you know, the, I guess society didn't accept them initially or whatever. But uh, the, there are definitely differences in that, you know, that group of, of people or whatever. Um, Do you find yourself having differences with other... We'll just start with the G, since that's you. And you're boring at this point, apparently, because they've moved on <laughs> to the other letters. Like, you're fine now, I guess, is what it sounds like. But 
do you even within the G? Do you feel differences between a lot of other other gay people? Well, and how they, I, I right, mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, I mean, right. there's like I was saying earlier, a, a huge spectrum of, of of people that fall in that category. And I think that's important to to say is that society always wants to group people into you know LGBTA or or categories. I left off the A. What does the A stand? <clears throat> Allies. Uh, oh, interesting. So is that just straight people that basically also yeah uh, appreciate this? Okay, but gotcha. um. You know, everyone wants to group you into a category or whatever and then have stereotypes or, or everywhere. Mm-hmm. In reality, people are people. Everyone's different, you know, just right. because that's one aspect of your life doesn't mean that that right. defines you as a person or whatever. And yeah. certainly people in that group are going to be completely different from one another. Yes, you might share similarities, but yes, you might also have lots of differences or whatever. But. Yeah, what are some, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer this, but what are some differences that you have? Because I could tell you a million I have with, with uh, you know, people within the Christian church, but like, what are some that you have within the gay community? Is it how things are handled? Is it like... A- Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> definitely the spectrum of, you know, liberal to conservative in, in sure. the community or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those who eat Chick-fil-A versus <laughs> those who don't eat Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you, you took a swallow there as if I you were tasting how that. delicious it is. Because <laughs> I is. remember you telling me, and we could just say this now, uh, if it's art, that you do eat a Chick-fil-A. I do eat it. And I remember that your rationale was that it was delicious. It was delicious. <laughs> so as a, as a child, um, yeah. my aunt got, I think, like a book of coupons one time oh, that geez. had like 100 free Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Gosh, so like yeah. as a child from like age you know, five and onward, we were working right. through this book of free Chick-fil-A <laughs> chicken sandwiches. So, that's amazing. I mean, that's like ingrained in my, my <laughs> Those DNA tastes or go whatever. deep, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the peanut oil or whatever. Dude, that's chicken. a real thing. But um, my partner won't eat at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. so that's a little controversy within the house. So I, I actually got it the other day and brought yeah. it home, and, and uh, I didn't call him and tell him I was bringing home food. I just brought home enough food for me or whatever. Yeah. He, he sort of had a joking comment about, oh, you didn't call me and tell me you were picking up food. And I said, well, you weren't going to like what I brought home. So. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know that some people have said like, oh, you, if you eat there, like what a poor job you're doing as a human being or something like that. And like, I, I sort of intend to talk about this later, but we could just talk about it now, the boycotting idea. I, I sort of feel like about the Ellen thing, the way I feel about that of um, it's an extreme measure to try to almost like bankrupt a company or something because of even, you know, the views of the president, uh, it sounds like it's still a, a, there's gay people that work there that seem like they have a good job and are treated well and, and, mm-hmm. and it's friendly customer service. So it's one of those things where it's like, uh, like we talked about the spectrum of people in every stripe. I feel like even within Chick-fil-A, you would probably have people Absolutely. from the top I mean, down that have different views, you know? I mean, I try to keep my views pretty open and just acknowledging that other people have differences and different opinions and stuff and i try not to boycott or ban or or do things based on you know differences or Mm. or people's different viewpoints and stuff i mean obviously at some point there's a limit right there's a limit and some fundamental things if um, they found out chick-fil-a was a pedophile ring (laughs) right i I do feel like there's a thing of like a level of harm equals level of response a little bit which is kind of i feel like getting lost sometimes is yeah, yeah if i found out that some restaurant down the street was like you know abducting people or something i would probably say let's not go there because it's so harmful it's like on defcon 5 level you right. know but yeah whether or not target has a ceo that supports you know these are things that I've, christian people have told me my whole life is like george clooney supports this don't see that movie or target you know right i mean a lot of that stuff is you know how we've become as a society you know with everyone saying that about everyone nowadays and it's right. like you know i can't listen to this music because of this or i can't right. watch this movie because of this or i can't eat this place because of this and right. you know i try to 
you know, take a step back and, you know, acknowledge that a person can have their own viewpoints or whatever. And, try and to, it's flexible. They may change, you know, their minds. Yeah. Okay. So let's, we, we talked about G. Let's talk about L for a second, because I know that you said before that there was tension almost between gays and lesbians where, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was something around the AIDS crisis that you were saying that gay men were saying like that the lesbians hadn't cared about them when AIDS was a big thing. Was that? I'm no. Not, I, okay. I, okay. I think it was the opposite. <laughs> okay. I think it okay. was, I, I would say from some of the documentaries and stuff that typically the, the gays were sort of ignoring the, the lesbian community. Okay, okay. And that during the AIDS epidemic, they got a lot of support from the lesbians that mm-hmm. were helping out. And um, so it was maybe the, the opposite. This is going to be one of my dumb straight guy questions again, but this is another thing that goes back with the AIDS epidemic. Why, this is, again, this should be answered already at my age, but why was that affecting the gay community so much? It, I remember as a kid, it was like, it came from monkeys in Africa or something. Well, I mean, which I think is true, right? They, they've discovered so it. So I tra- actually tra- did a little bit of research on this. Okay, and, right, and good. I'm going to put a disclaimer that I am by far not an expert and may very well say something that's not <laughs> That's correct. fine. But I do think that um, they might have traced it to a uh, flight attendant that was... I don't know if I think we might have been gay and Haitian mm-hmm. from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the earlier <laughs> earlier people that that uh, got inflicted with it. So I think when it first came out, they were saying the four H's, which was homosexuality, hemophiliacs. Okay, people um, sharing needles and heroin blood addicts type, right. and Haitians. So oh, it was a four. Yeah, that seems odd, huh? And it was like an odd mix of <clears throat> excuse me, right? Uh, people, and they were saying, well, what what commonality is between those four groups? Yeah, and I think it was. It sounds like the start of a really lame joke or something. Well, <laughs> but the uh, hemophiliacs was because right. of blood transfusions. Heroin right. users was because of needles, sharing right. needles. Right. Um, homosexuals probably because of unprotected gay sex that was you know by the truckloads or whatever. Well, a, a large amount. So I think I think those that was kind of the contributors to that. And okay. So you're saying that that during some of that, uh, this would be in the 80s, I guess, right? There was there was some amount of tension between lesbians and gays on that. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I was gonna say I I can't really comment on that just because I don't yeah. I don't know. I mean, okay, I, yeah. But you yourself has never have never felt like any there's any tension there or anything no. like that. Okay. But I I would say there I think there was some isolation in in the sense that gay guys would go to gay bars and lesbians would go to lesbian bars or whatever. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> there may not be as much, you know, shared interest, you know, if you want to go yeah, hang out with the boys or whatever at the gay bar, you right, yeah. go to hang out with all the other gay guys right. and so do you have lesbian friends or would you if you did have lesbian friends do you think you would feel like some sense of commonality there because of some of the shared Kind of you talked about before the shared. Uh, I mean, I would say you know yes, I I do have lesbian friends, but I don't know if it's necessarily that we all were friends because of the right. we're lumped into the, the yeah the gay category. Or <laughs> yes. like, I, I mean that like that's <laughs> right. not the defining thing. Yeah. As to like, you did have friends. a friend once that was over at your house that was like telling me like check out these gay T-shirts and this gay cruise and all this <laughs> stuff, and I remember thinking that it reminded me of aspects of the christian culture that i'm kind of embarrassed of because there are like christian malls and christian cruise lines and i'm always like this looks like some kind of like a a camp that you bust people off to that's like you know separated by a fence or something yeah i've i've always been in the the mindset that i'm i'm kind of my own unique person and i don't Mm -hmm. like getting lumped into groups and i that's not Mm -hmm. to say that i don't fit into different groups sure. it's just i i don't feel like i'm defined by the groups that i'm associated right. with or whatever yeah i think that's something we definitely share in common um bisexual this is one that i recently watched billy on the street you know that show he's running around and he was 
talking to a bisexual guy and he seemed really like upset with this bisexual guy because essentially the bisexual guy just goes from being straight to being gay at will, I guess, you know, or, or, you know, that was how well, Billy we, was we taking always it. joke. We're just right, saying, yeah. oh, they're just being greedy. They want both. You know? <laughs> so you think, I'm just wondering, like in your world, like in not your worldview, but in your view, you think it is possible for somebody to go between back and forth or something like that. That's not unrealistic to you that yes, somebody could do yeah. that. I mean, it's, it's sort of the, say how like a, a straight person could say like, well, you know, I'm a guy, so I would, I like girls. I don't understand why a guy would like another guy, but I mm-hmm. can accept it. And, you know, I don't have those feelings, but I could understand that someone right. else could. You kind of apply that. So I, I kind of apply that to, you know, I'm gay. I like a gay guy. I myself, you know, don't you know, fluctuate back and forth, but I could mm-hmm. understand that someone would, would have that preference. Right. And you can, you know, apply that same with gender or, or whatever and say that, you know, yes, I, you know, I think someone could be a guy and, and at some point want to transition to a girl mm-hmm. or felt like they always were a girl or even can fluctuate back and forth. I mean, yeah. well, we'll talk about that in a second because that's the T, which is yeah. the popular one. Like I said, you're boring now. The T is all the rage. Yeah, we'll have to spend more time on that. But. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the just for me raises the question. I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want it to come across as that I support, um, you know, groups like Exodus International and stuff that were like gay reparative therapy groups. You know, they've closed their doors actually now and said that a lot of that was unsuccessful. But I do want to ask you, like, do you think that for some section of the population that that is a possibility you know even flipping it the other way of a person going from straight to gay an elton john situation no just well, kidding i'm just kidding uh, i remember well, george michael saying like i wrote all those songs about women like people are saying that, and i was like what does that mean but um do you do you see that in the spectrum of possibilities you know that there may be a handful of people that because you do hear these stories every once in a while of a person that's like well i was this and then i transformed into this and I, like i said i want to be careful because i don't want to make the assumption that everybody can do this which is what those groups were selling you know yeah i mean but, i i mean this is this is a fundamental question that right. i can't answer i mean sure. you know it's it's you know why are people the way they are you know mm-hmm. is this genetics is this uh, how your brain develops is this nature versus nurture you know as a culture you know i don't think no one has those answers certainly not yet okay um and there could be it might not just be one factor. It might be a combination of factors or different factors for different people or whatever. So um, could there be a factor that, you know, caused someone to be gay in one situation that could be changed? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but I think it's probably a, a combination of multiple factors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly not something that a pray the gay away kind right. of place well, could could fix or whatever. Yeah, and like I said, I think that, that group, like, you know, what the president of that group said was like, you know, it just was a failed project. And I think that has created a negative stigma. Well, and what were know? their, you know, what were their methods? I mean, right. I think their <laughs> yeah, methods were trying to just repeatedly tell you this is bad and, and you know, change the way you are. And, and I, you know, I, I kind of would yeah, question I why anyone no would think that would work. But, right, sure. Um, I remember that we were driving with your partner who you said that, you know, is a little bit more, um, not militant, but, you know, I, he has a little bit more of a bone to pick sometimes. Yes. But we were driving, we drove by a church, and I remember him saying, oh, they're, they're probably going to pray the gay away in there. And I, and I just was thinking, gosh, like, is, you know, I didn't say anything at the time, but I remember feeling really bad that that was the stereotype that was associated with Christians was, and for good reason, because a lot of them did do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, 
they began with the idea basically that it is a choice essentially right yes. so i feel like some progress has been made in that aspect at least within the the gay christian community which is something i don't even know if you are aware of or have known any gay christians but like it seems like what what you're seeing now is a lot of acknowledgement that yeah the the desires are not controllable necessarily right so it, it's just the question from there of what do we do right so anyway <laughs> um but yeah, that Billy Eichner thing, he was almost upset that this person was like switching back and forth or whatever. Like as if, you know, there's some protective feeling. But it doesn't sound like you have that. Like the protective feeling of like, this guy needs to just admit that he's gay, you know? You know what I mean? Because I've well, heard I, that too of like, you're just lying to yourself. But if you really believe in that spectrum, I guess, then you... Well, there, I mean, that's that's sort of a different issue too, is that certainly it's a lot more common to, to come out nowadays. But, you know, 10, <clears throat> 20 years ago, it was right. a lot more difficult. And I think a lot of people felt that identifying that you were bisexual was in like a an easier way to come out or okay. you were kind of yeah, like a yeah, smaller yeah. step. I noticed that in movies so, more, right? The older movies will have that person that's... So some of the jokes that stem from the, oh, you say you're bisexual, just admit that you're gay, I think uh-huh, stem yeah. from that, that a lot of people were taking that smaller step to come out. Right, yeah. And in, in those situations, a lot of those people maybe truly were gay and they were just right. taking that step. However, you know, I'm also acknowledging that, yes, some people are bisexual and that's not a step that's how right. they are and yeah you know but you know that's that's sort of where <laughs> the jokes had stemmed from yeah yeah right? no yeah so. no um, that that helps uh, uh so yeah. we can move on to the t which is the controversial one i just kind of want to know your journey on this issue because i think over the course of our friendship we have talked about this quite a bit as it, we sort of had our own crackpot theories mm-hmm. watched people transition in public or whatever it developing slowly but i remember you were telling me about this jazz show that you're watching and stuff so can you just talk about kind of your thoughts through that issue i mean obviously i would love to have a trans person on here to discuss this but um we can just kind of talk around the issue yeah i mean like i was saying earlier about like you know me being game being identified the the trans issue or topic is something that i'm not familiar with or you know quite frankly you know didn't understand or whatever um, and I think it was, I couldn't tell you what year it was, but uh, years ago, I think it was like a, a Dateline or a 2020 special mm-hmm. or something that had, and it was in fact, uh, Jazz, I think was on that show when mm-hmm. she was like maybe five or something. Okay, right. And and Jazz for the audience is a child that transitioned as a child? Yes. Okay, yeah. so hormone blockers and, and that kind of stuff? Yes, born uh-huh. uh, genetically you know, male and right. transitioned to a female. Um and I think, I don't know if the show was on Lifetime or TLC or something, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. anyway, when I was watching that uh, Dateline or 2020 special, they had children who, as children, had identified that they wanted to be a different gender. And I just thought it was mm-hmm. very fascinating because, like I said, I didn't have any thoughts of sexuality or be, being gay before puberty. So to me, a child younger than that, I thought was very interesting that they would have you know, identity or, or mm-hmm. whatever of a, of a different gender. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that the show was very fascinating. And I mm-hmm. think that was probably, I wouldn't say the you know, first time, but one of the early times I really thought about the issue and, and really tried to understand, mm-hmm. you know, what the issue. And, and it was quite apparent watching the show that, you know, it, it wasn't just a matter of, you know, I want to just wear a dress or, or something. It was, I, I'm, I am the wrong gender or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that I need to, to change. And I just thought that was you know, eye-opening and enlightening or whatever. And, you know, fast forward, um, you know, Jazz, you know, got her own show or whatever. And, you know, watching that, it was it was interesting to, 
you know, see that, you know, she said that she always felt that, she, you know, she mm-hmm. was a girl, and it, I just thought it was very. And what's the current? I haven't seen anything about that. So is is she still happy that she made that decision? Basically, there's no, there's there hasn't been any regrets or anything like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I think there was one or two seasons of the show. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of cut cable and lost <laughs> my access <laughs> yeah. to. You'll have to steal your grandma's password. That's, that's a whole other uh, topic. But um, so I, I actually don't know the, the current status or whatever. But um, that's fine. I, I bring that up because we've jumped right into one of the most controversial transgender issues I think right now, which is the puberty blocking, hormone blocking thing, because it affects children and it's also right. It's a decision around the that parents' you... decisions and things, right? Right, and that's irreversible so if you do it i mean not 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 like transition surgery is all that reversible but i guess you're an adult you make a decision you know but uh, at least one one study that i was reading was about how kids will do this a lot and like you, you even brought that up and you know here's my only hesitation with it well it's a pretty big hesitation but it's it's the idea that you wouldn't want to to do that and then have the person regret it right, right. because i think that by doing that you sterilize you don't have the possibility of having kids later and stuff, right? You're making that decision early. So I think it was American Pediatrics Association or something that had some stats on how many children, and I was pretty surprised, how many children do feel that that they're a different gender or or associate more. Some of this is really hard to pin down. Mm-hmm. I've kind of wondered sometimes, like, what do you mean you feel like a woman? You know, because are you basing that on what you see around you, like your mom and stuff? And like, oh, that must be a woman and I feel mm-hmm. like her or something. So that, that's always interested me, but... Apparently, a lot of kids that do that do later. I, they had some stat like eighty percent, whatever. Do later say that they feel a connection with the gender they're born in, right? So, um, I and I'm still using gender and sex interchangeably. And I know you said that the culture is like changing that, and I'm thoroughly confused by all of that. Like, I'm just trying to get clarity, which has been difficult around this issue. I feel like so. Um, do you feel that way at all? Like, you know, the, um, no, I mean, I'm equally confused. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> oh, good. There's We're the best lot, people to talk. There's about. a lot going on and, and it's, it's, it's hard to follow all the, you know, the latest, you know, social issues and, and, uh, it's, it's like everything. in development for sure. It feels it's, like it's, it's definitely an in developing, you know, yeah. uh, you know, science and, and study and, and whatnot. And well, where I am right now with that is just like, you know, I'm hesitant with something that you would permanently change and then regret later. I feel like that's a relatively fair um, position. But the, the other thing is just the issue around, are we saying that you are a woman? There seems to be some controversy around this because some, some of them talk and they use the term trans woman, right? So they're like almost calling out a a difference of this is the type of organism or whatever that I am is I was born this way and then I did a certain amount of hormones and surgeries and stuff and now I uh, present myself this way. But there are some people who just say, no, you are a woman. And that's the part where I bristle a little bit from a, like a scientific standpoint because it almost feels like, and again, these are just my thoughts off the top of my head now, but it almost feels like a Santa Claus type of thing. Like, we'll just tell you that you are. But then when the rubber meets the road and real reality sometimes hits of like performing in sports you know with people of the same gender that you're identifying as but that biologically you aren't i feel like that's where reality smacks up against the label a little bit you know what i mean the bathroom issue i've never really cared a whole lot about i don't think people are like raping people in bathrooms or whatever but but things like the olympics and things like um, i know there's been a lot of controversy with different athletes who are women or whatever saying like we don't want you know, people competing and it's unfair, but um, 
that's the one that I'm kind of like. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a on the a difficult issue. Certainly the, the yeah. athletics or whatever. Um, simply because from a I guess from a biological, I mean your your DNA is going to be set I and mean, your chromosomes at least mm-hmm. um, until they get that CRISPR genetic uh, modifier going. I guess whatever that. <laughs> so, but I also think that if you didn't transition, if you, if you were a man and you reached adulthood and then transitioned to a woman, you, you would have developed. Mm, that'd be different, right? Testosterone, you know, testosterone, yeah. and right? Certain, yeah, you know, muscle development, everything that might be different than if <clears throat> you had transitioned as a child. Which is maybe why the push for people to transition early. Well, definitely, or, or some because, of that. I mean, right. the reason that you 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 do all the hormone blockers and and whatnot and, and at an early age is that you're you're never going to have the tr- the testosterone to fight. Yeah, you're you're having your body changing the the hormones and whatever that your body sees as during uh, puberty mm-hmm. to prevent you know becoming that gender and, and becoming the other gender so right. uh based on that you might have different you know muscle development or whatever that could mm-hmm. you know potentially affect yeah you know, sports or whatever then right but i've heard the mere kind of questioning of some of these issues has really set some trans people off you know whenever you bring it up some of them take it as you know you are invalidating my existence as a human being you know and that's certainly not the point i feel like of, of some of those questions it's just to kind of get like you said, this is a fairly confusing topic for a lot of people. I think that's okay to to admit that a lot mm-hmm. of people are very confused by what's going on. Right, and there's, you, you know, know it, it's... And we're trying to get clear. I'm trying to get clarity. Uh, when you see something that just says transgender women are women, deal with it, you know, or something like that. I don't love that because it feels like you, you've shut down discussion on it, right? But can it be okay to ask some of these questions of like, should a trans woman sport section be developed or something like that you know i don't know i'm not trying to like put people in like ghettos or whatever you know the, the gay cruise or whatever no i'm just <laughs> kidding uh boy that gay cruise look at that that picture he showed me was shocking but um i do love cruises by the way just throw that out there <laughs> but um yeah i i just i hope that that conversation can be had i've seen re- reasonable trans people just be willing to have this conversation but i hope it can be discussed and some progress can be made in that without yeah, I mean, yeah. the whole sports things, like, <clears throat> you know, for certainly at, like, uh, kids' sports or, I don't know, even potentially, like, middle school right. or high school levels, to me, it doesn't seem like it's that critical of a <laughs> a thing that, you know... It, no, it's just any any place that maybe maleness... Maybe the Olympic medal, right, right. your uh, area that you might have to say, well, that right. might require an asterisk if this person was included in mm-hmm. whatever... Um, I don't know. It's it's definitely a difficult issue, and and like I said, all I wanted to know was kind of ha- what your journey on that is as of right now. You know, because I I'm still kind of caught up in listening to that and making my mind up about that. But you know, yeah, I mean, it's I just every new you know story or anything that comes out, you know, I find it interesting and, and watch mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I know the last time I went to um, uh, a Pride Parade or whatever, I it was definitely interesting because you know going there. 10 right. years ago, yeah. you know, the rainbow flag, and it was very much a, <laughs> right. a, a gay, lesbian, bisexual thing. And the uh, last time we went, the amount of different flags was... Oh, I, we were actually walking around, you know, with a Wikipedia article open of what the different <laughs> flags meant, because it yeah. was kind of like watching, you know, the UN with all the different right. country flags. It's like, well, I, I didn't even know what half of them were, so right. we're going through, and it's definitely something to be educated on, which... right. 
I kind of felt the premise of the initial rainbow flag was to include everyone. everyone. Right, yeah. That's the idea of the rainbow, <laughs> so I was like, right? You didn't need another flag. Yeah. Like, it's, everyone is right. in there. Like, I, that is. That's that's just, I like, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you also feel that way because as, as I've seen all of those. It's like, you don't need another flag. I it's thought, all there. That's they're cool. even specifying races inside them. And I'm like, but that's the rainbow is meant to kind of communicate, right? So, I, 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 I actually kind of felt that the different flags were kind of separating the community more than okay. bringing it together. And, and so. Well, um, you're there as a gay man feeling almost like what's going on here who's who which may not be the worst thing but if i went to you know trying to make the example with the christian culture if i went to a big christian meeting and i saw a bunch of different like flags or like like clear like denominational like barriers i would mm-hmm. feel very uncomfortable with that because i'd be like we're, we'd be better if we were more unified <laughs> right. maybe not that i believe that's realistic i don't because of humans you know mm-hmm. i think humans love forming clubs you know which is part of our issue you know, but um, yeah, that's interesting. All those different. But uh, I was recently playing the um, South Park uh, video game, the right. second one, the right. fractured butthole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said that as as they intended you to say it. And in that game, you get to pick your gender and sexuality right. and, and everything. And I mean, it's like a ten question list as to like you know, are you oh, what gender really? do you think you are? Okay. Do you think are you? Um, do you fluctuate uh-huh. um, or are you, you know, static, you know? Did it feel like they did that as a joke? Because as soon as you hear oh, South Park, the whole thing like, was, okay. yeah, the whole game right. is a joke. So, yeah, I yeah, mean, they're, yeah. they're doing that as a joke. So when you, you go and pick all those things, then you get assigned your your gender, and I couldn't even tell you what I was. It right, was, right. You know, I picked numerous things. And mm-hmm. the minute you leave, because you do that with the uh, guidance counselor, and the minute you leave the school, oh, geez, yeah. these rednecks pull up and, like, get out of their truck and say, we don't take your kind here. And, you know, and they, they say you're specific. They specify. They specify, and it's like <laughs> these a, are extremely it's educated. Like a three-word right. term or whatever. And right, they, right. You know, and they're making fun that the rednecks okay. would even gotcha. know what that term means or whatever, and then you have to fight yeah. them in battle. And Now, I've heard I've heard liberal, <laughs> and I don't know, how, how do you, do you identify yourself as liberal, conservative, anything like that politically? Do you, do you have a... I would be liberal for political, yes. Okay, so... But I'm not a super super liberal uh, gay or whatever. Oh, know. I see. What's the difference there is... The... Well, I eat Chick-fil-A. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, that is the difference. Um, I've seen your coupon book. Um, the... Uh, a lot of the far, so I listen to far left and far right podcasts. I feel like it's it's one way for me to keep balance in my life is I want to hear the extremes on everything. I know some people don't have a stomach for that, but I enjoy it. But I noticed that with the uh, the far left, they they criticize things like South Park whenever they do comments like that because they think they don't handle them in the sensitive way and all these things. But I noticed that you've never seemed to have um, thin skin for stuff like that. You know, I don't know if that. Right, just I mean, like the way you are in your personality, or you know, if you if you see that as just kind of harmless. I mean, people people had those issues with The Simpsons when it came out. And people had those issues. Boy, did they ever <laughs> with South Park when they came out about making fun of different ethnicities or sexualities or whatever. And I, when you kind of look at those satires and farces, they're they're talking about social issues and mm-hmm. and everything. And I would actually say, in general, I think it has a positive influence mm-hmm. on society because you're you're actually addressing the issue you're bringing up yes you're doing it in a Some comical awareness. way yes you might have jokes that are offensive to different people and everything and and i do acknowledge that i mean i totally understand that someone that maybe had to went through a very sensitive issue sure. with one of those issues could find that offensive and, and not appreciate it but i think what some of those shows are doing are presenting it to people that maybe would have otherwise not mm-hmm. had any influence of that or, or seen any of that and by doing so, you 
learn to accept that there are different people and, and understand stuff, even though it was done in a comical way. But um, yeah. I think it has, you know, a benefit. What do you think of that issue of representation? Because that comes up a lot. Like representation is big. And I, I sometimes wonder if I agree with that because no, as we said before, no person represents you 100%. Like no group necessarily speaks for you. Right. Though I do not love portrayals of Christians in movies where they're the dumb one or whatever, you know, but I, I do have to step back and say like, you know, it doesn't necessarily represent me. But I, I hear a lot of people say we need more representation. I think they do view themselves as when, when there's someone of my stripe or whatever on screen, that counts. You know, mm-hmm. like that that somehow has an impact. And maybe that's more powerful whenever you're a minority, you know, or a group that's been harassed or whatever. But what do you think about that? Like when you see gay characters on screen, I know you've been going to a lot of gay movies lately because there's been a lot lately. And it seems like you try to support those and things. But do you think that's something you're... Well, I guess when they first start, you know, having those on TV shows and stuff, they are, it always is the stereotypes but you can go back to the the 1950s tv and look at how women and, and blacks were portrayed and mm-hmm. in, in asian people i mean it was stereotypes you don't love mickey rooney in that, <laughs> mo- <laughs> in that movie with the coke bottle glass. right um you know and and so they you know you watch some of those older shows and you just you know we'll see a scene and just be like oh my god i can't believe that was on tv or whatever but it as as horrific as it was it was it was maybe a start uh-huh. that you know over time, you start to actually have non-stereotype characters right. or whatever. So I think in the same fashion, that's probably how gay people were portrayed a lot in TV and, mm-hmm. and whatever, is that it, it always starts with the stereotypes and hopefully transitions to characters that are full more realistic and you know represent a spectrum of the community or whatever, as opposed mm-hmm. to just stereotypes or whatever. But you're right. It does, you know, when um, when you do see someone of your group or whatever on there you 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 do kind of say you know are they representing my my group and mm-hmm. and if it's if they're being portrayed as a stereotype a lot of times it's no and it <laughs> may not look good but um i think the answer to that as from a creative standpoint is for more people of that particular group to make art you know? yeah i feel that way with christian portrayals and things like that it's like well what do you expect if it's someone who's not that putting that in as a token character or whatever you know mm-hmm. to to ask for non-gay creators to make more gays in their in their art it may come across as phony i know that token black character was a term for a while like you know you just add this person in on south park right yeah Yeah. right yeah 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 (laughs) i I didn't even know that i haven't seen that but yeah but i do feel like that's gonna be your your solution to characters being portrayed in a way that's more realistic probably or more true to the real world is to have creators do that that's how i feel i don't know yeah i mean i i think it's important to I think it's 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 good when when TV shows or whatever get to a point where they they have a character that fits into whatever group you're trying to represent, but they're not that character is not added because of that. They're just right. another character, and they just so happen to be in that group. And I think that's where right. you see the improvement in terms of this isn't this person isn't a stereotype. This person is just yeah another character that oh by the way just so happens to be whatever. What have you seen recently that you? would call out as a quality, true-to-life portrayal, uh, you know, that doesn't feel like a uh, token or a stereotypical character. Have you seen anything? I know you, you saw, is it Love, Simon? Yeah, I thought I thought Love, Simon was pretty, seemed like a pretty good representation of someone going through high school or whatever that mm-hmm. uh, was coming out or whatever. And, um, 
I can't. I mean, I, I'm kind of drawing no, a blank fine. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Head. Please give your top ten gay films. Um, uh, we know what your top, your bottom ten would be because we've seen the. Uh, <laughs> you and I had gone through the uh, terrible direct-to-video. There's some, some direct-to-video bad quality. Uh, Netflix Q once. I, you know, you get those categories. One of our common favorites is visually stunning sci-fi, which yes. we both love. But um, yeah, there's the category of like uh, gay films or whatever. And for a while, early days of Netflix, it was just the trashiest, like just Hercules parody or whatever. I don't know what it was, but yeah, I have no idea. Um, you did mention The Simpsons, and that's that's a thing that you know can draw us into the conversation about kind of the culture clash that our two, if we're going to say we have cultures that they've had, is you know Christians boycotting things in the '90s. Simpsons definitely. Uh, the term dysfunctional came out, you know, like mm-hmm. Roseanne, Simpsons. Now that I've seen Roseanne, you know, in my adult life, I've been like, man, what a good show that was. What a realistic portrayal of a family that is, you know. Well, watching the, the sappy sitcoms of the 80s where all the families were, you know, right. perfect or whatever, Roseanne was a, a big, uh, you know, game changer where it was like, yeah. we're, we're not the, you know, perfect perfect family or whatever <laughs> right which I, I don't see an issue with showing that families do have issues i mean that that's i think you could you could do a lot with that from storytelling but yeah there was a lot of boycotting and um so talking about that like areas that christians have kind of like pushed back on uh, we already talked about ellen but i feel like a, the big one is the gay marriage thing um i don't consider myself very political you know like actively political i mean i know some people would really get offended by that everything's political or whatever but i kind of lean libertarian that's you know when i've done the quiz that's what i register as i guess and it sounds like you and i actually are similar on that of i want people to have the ability to freely decide where they align you know what i mean even if i don't agree i want them to have the freedom to change that i don't want it to be because of pressure or force and I, I don't know if it was the 80s, the Reagan thing or whatever, but a lot of Christians started getting very political. It was like, we will forcibly make this a nation of Christians or whatever. And even though I had friends that were like that, I feel like that's such a wrong way to go about it. And I think this is one of the where the big clashes came. And I'm just spewing all this out at you because I feel like certain apologies are, are, are needed or whatever, you know, but um, specifically the issue of like legal force being put on the issue of gay marriage. I'm, like I said, I'm kind of libertarian. So I kind of lean that I don't want the government really making any laws regarding straight marriage, gay marriage, anything. I feel like it's to be like, oh, thank you government for allowing me to get married is such a, it gives them so much control that it makes me uncomfortable. Do you feel odd about that? Right. I want, I, I I mean, want your I, take on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I pretty much share your your uh, viewpoints on marriage and with respect to the government. I mean, in, in my opinion, what, what a marriage is is between you, the person you're marrying, and if you believe in some higher mm-hmm, power or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, that's, those are the people so that you, are, are really yeah. influenced in a marriage. The so, government or whoever, I, like you said, what, you know, why do you need their blessing or why do you need anything from... From them, I I can acknowledge that the government might say, you know, we acknowledge that we're going to give a tax benefit for family groups or people that pair together. You can get this tax benefit or have some legal things in terms of um, survivor benefits, et cetera, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you know, health issues or power of attorney, that kind of stuff. That's fine from like a civil type area, but in terms of them telling you what isn't acceptable for marriage, I, I don't feel that they have. Right, that's the, that's the thing really where I was like, that. I felt like the core of it was, can the government please acknowledge that our side is right? You know what I mean? Like there was a certain amount of that. And I think the issue was when, 
the issue on both sides is obviously the gay community felt that they were being discriminated against mm-hmm. they, because they couldn't get married. Because already straight marriages had all of these rewards associated with yes. them, cash yes. bonuses, <laughs> you know, and it was like, instead of stopping and questioning why we even have those, it was just, well, yeah, that's because ours is right. And then it was like, well, you can't have those. But I was like, if the government's going to hand out special rewards, I think that might be your, your issue from the start. You yeah. Know? So, the, the, you know, gay people were discriminated against, so they wanted to be able to legally get married. But I think what the, the, the Christian viewpoint was that by the government allowing that, the government was defining what marriage was defined as. Yeah, and I think like, that's what the Christians didn't right, like right, is right, that because right. – you know, and I'm using Christians very liberal. Sure, like, yeah, no, it, it's definitely know, true for obviously a lot of different yeah. groups have different opinions. I don't want to right. subset anyone in a category, but the general thought was that you're now defining a marriage as between a man and a woman, or a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, or whatever. Right. And they didn't like that the government was pretty much defining it. So I see the right. two sides of the argument as if it would redefine it for like all time. Like, that's the thing. It's like the government having a sense in being able to define what a marriage is. You know what I mean? That's the part that feels like outside of their zone. Right. And that's why I I felt the government shouldn't really acknowledge marriage. It should be called something cold and sterile, like a a, civil union or a a family grouping something or just even a, a tax partnership or whatever you would. Something that's very government unassociated with with religion just very much a very standard mm-hmm. uh, government thing and and that way people could you know have marriages how they want to have marriages you know uh, certainly a, a catholic marriage has a certain sure uh set of requirements right. you know you yeah. have to get married in a church and the priest right. has to marry you and yeah i think you both have to be catholic and or convert to being uh, right, Catholic or whatever. Yeah, like so, group, groups can define within themselves. So a Catholic the government can just stay neutral. On yeah, that. A Catholic marriage is a very specific thing, and that yeah. is what it is. And and uh, you know, as a separate entity or a separate group, they mm-hmm. cannot acknowledge a, a gay marriage. That's their right. But at the same time, a, you know, a gay couple could get married and right and say this. Yeah, see, I think it sounds you know. like you and I basically believe that you could be married on a desert island with no government. Like if yeah. you found a person on a desert island and you just both committed. Right. Like, that's how I view marriage. We actually did lose our marriage certificate early on when we got married. It got lost in the church secretary's <laughs> office or something. And my wife was really concerned about that for a while of like, well, what does this mean? You know, we're not married. And, and I stuck to my principles on that, which is that we are married. This piece of paper, you know, as cool as cool as cool as it is to have. Right, yeah, and it's nice and everything, but again, I'm not necessarily even sure that I should need to ask anybody's permission on that. So I guess I take a neutral position on that. I think there's things the government can flat out punish. There's things they can full-blown promote, yay, you know, like give you extra bonuses, or they can just permit. It just sits in the middle. It's just, well, this is allowed, and that's where I want marriage to sort of sit. And I think that might be radical, I don't know, you know, in terms of both communities, you know, because they want that that stamp of the government saying yes or no, but mm-hmm. I I think it should be in that space in between. Where it's like, allow people to freely work this out for themselves. Right. I think everyone should get the same benefits. You know, certainly don't discriminate or whatever. But at the same time, if a if a certain institution wants to say that their marriage means something different than someone else's marriage, yeah. I think that's fine for that separate institute to say that. But the government should not have a... A stake in that. I didn't know you were going to say that. Yeah, I guess it sounds like uh, I, this may be a boring podcast because so, maybe well, we did, I already said what earlier, do we, yeah. you asked me if I was liberal. Yeah. Politically, I'm right. liberal, but yeah, the, yeah. the gay community, I'm probably less liberal. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, some people might have said, you know, 
absolutely every everyone should acknowledge our marriage and, and, and shout it from the rooftops. You know, the Catholics should ex- acknowledge our marriage and, and, yeah, so, and all that stuff. And it's like, well, it's, it's asking So a you lot. don't think that a Catholic <laughs> church or whatever should be forced to perform a gay marriage, right? To me, it's a, a private institution that uh-huh. uh, has its own rules and, and guidance. I mean, have you heard people give the argument that they should? Because I, I haven't waded into those waters a whole lot with churches being a... It's one of those like looming darknesses for a lot of churches of like one day they'll just ask us to do this and we'll have no say unless we're punished well i feel like that's definitely too far well they have to sort of balance the you know if you start taking very rigid stances on everything you're gonna you know start losing people or whatever because you know but that would be the sort of natural outworking of it rather than a government punishment or reward or anything you know what i mean well from a legal standpoint the, the government can't mandate religions on doing certain yeah. things other than i mean i'm sure there's certain like uh you know you can't murder people right. in your religion or whatever but um but yeah. they, the government cannot dictate laws for individual religions or whatever yeah i guess rules, that I guess. that transitions kind of into the gate cake bakery thing a little bit did you follow that at all do you have a stance on that i did at all? and and again my stance might be controversial in the, the gay community <laughs> or or whatever um obviously discrimination is bad and needs to be avoided but i do i do see the standpoint that if someone has you know a fundamental belief or whatever that i don't necessarily think that you can necessarily force them to go against that belief now in a in an ideal world you know you just would have thought common politeness would have you know the people would have asked can you Mm -hmm. make this cake and say you know the other person would have said you know i'm sorry I just would prefer not to, right, right. and the other people would just accept that, and they yeah. go find someone else that could make. It. I think suing them and, and forcing them to do that is is not a good thing. So my stance is sort of for small businesses mm-hmm. under a certain size. I think you can <laughs> oh, you can choose to accept certain business. I, I do think you kind of have to declare what you are willing to do and what you're willing not to do. But I don't think it's fair for something like McDonald's or a large corporate entity mm-hmm. above a certain size to discriminate in any way. So I I always bring this up and this is this yeah. is where the controversial issue is is that say you're like a um a magician or even a, a baker I guess making a cake <clears throat> and like a clansman came in and said mm-hmm. I want you to do a magic show at our clan meeting. Right. As the magician you probably would be like uh, I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. So is that now discrimination like or do we have to force that magician to have to perform right at a clan meeting <laughs> because <laughs> it violates their values or something like right. that you know it's also been compared to you know that there is an art aspect to this there's a create creative aspect to this where it's not not quite like turning someone away at a restaurant oh we won't serve you food it wasn't that he would make them a cake but he didn't want to celebrate the gay marriage right yeah it, so it's kind of like oh, i won't make this cake i'll make you another cake so it wasn't like they'll they'll starve or something that you might say is like I don't know if some of the civil rights type laws kind of follow in that. Like you can't like deny someone's service on the basis of these protective groups or whatever. But I've heard that sort of like tied in with the maybe magic is creative in that way. I don't know. But like <laughs> if like if you're like performing in some way and it's like an aspect like it has a little more personality to it. Right. Like and, and, and that's where the controversy was. Right. Because it was it's sort of like this solve. gray thing. Right. It wasn't like 
Like if you were just selling the tuxedo or whatever and someone just came in and said, I need a tuxedo and you just, whatever. Right. And you just, yeah. But if you said, I, oh, you're gay and I won't make this tuxedo. That's an interesting one, though. Let's, let's go down that road. If a Christian tuxedo owner, <laughs> you know, tuxedo shop owner, and, and they come in and they say, we want all these, we want two tuxedos for the gay marriage. Uh, and he says, oh, I, re- I really don't feel like doing that. Does that feel different to you a little bit than the bakery? With I, the- well, I think it's pretty much the same or whatever. And that's, I, right. that's why I was trying to give a small business an out that, right. that you could say that. Because it's controlled by the values of one person, you mean? One Is that or what a the few different- people, okay, right. right. So when I was saying like a larger industry, like, like men's McDonald's warehouse. or something, they say, well, this <laughs> right. person doesn't agree with this. Right. So we're just going to find you a different cashier to come over and, uh-huh. and, and do this for you. Which you would be able to in a McDonald's. Right. If you're at that guy's bakery, he's probably the guy. Right. So, right. you know, if, if you were McDonald's and use the same analogy, but clan people came in, I don't think you can right. discriminate against them. I think you have to sell them a hamburger like you would sell yeah. everyone else, even though it would be against your views. Um, but I can um, I can tell you that as an artist, I've had a request once for a penis-shaped rocket or something. And <laughs> somebody asked me, that, and I just uh, said politely, I'd rather not. Well, you know, I, I know, was actually going to bring I don't that know up because I remember that <laughs> okay. story. Is right, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? If if someone wants something that you potentially find, now I, I worked whatever. at a company and they found somebody else within the company to do it. So maybe that goes perfectly to your analogy. But I was able to just ask my boss, you know, hey, I would rather not draw this, right? And, and that's and, <laughs> and, I think and my that's, mother to find out. That, yeah, I think that's that's the the good happy medium. I mean, we're, it's not. You do have to balance. Was it purely a, a discrimination issue, or was it a combination of discrimination and, and personal beliefs? And I think that's hmm. that's the balance that everyone was fighting. It's like, well, I don't think they they wanted that person to not have a cake. I just think they said that I'd rather not do it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been like, hey, go to this person; they'll be able to get you a cake. And well, yeah, that's so. I've the heard same price or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just, some I, I've heard some gays say on this issue that you can, as much as it sucks, like you you may say, like I wish the world were different. And I say the same right. from a Christian perspective: is oh, I wish more people were Christians, but it doesn't work that way. And it would almost be bizarre if everyone was forced and it wouldn't even be real you know it's it's the idea of like everybody start acting this way but they're not you know i'd rather have a persuasive enterprise where it's like we can all share ideas and see may the best ones win you know i'd rather have that and and i've heard somebody say you know go to a different bakery uh if you live in a small town maybe you might have to go you know a few towns over or whatever and find another one but that's part of the beauty of america i guess is is you don't go here and you go here and to me, that's like a. You're right. It is a conservative approach on this particular issue. Right. You know, it's just. And I and I think that it is something that if you are going to be that baker or whatever, that maybe you have some predefined rules. So that if if you have predefined rules, it can't be discrimination when someone comes in necessarily, mm-hmm. says like we will not put anything on the cake that we deem to be offensive. Mm-hmm. We will not put anything on the cake. You that's, think that yeah, that, that's almost it makes it a little bit more clear. Like so, we're not so going to put like, pornography ask. on a cake. Like right, I mean, that should right, be their choice right. to not have to yeah. do weird things like that um but then it you know when it starts to well we're not going to do it for gay people or or people of color or something then it starts to get into a realm of of i think that's what made it tricky you know know, discrimination so that's where the the issue became difficult yeah maybe that one is is similar to the trans issue where we haven't yet come to the proper terms that we need you know because if we only have a rule that says don't discriminate that's not detailed enough to cover everything maybe you know right it's not quite the same as a black person not getting food in a restaurant you know so you're like okay well maybe we need this subcategory or something i don't know 
But I'm always more in favor of uh, starting with very small measures, and then we'll see if we need hardcore. I can tell some people want to go full to the hammer, mm-hmm. you know, with these issues and have it made very clear that everyone believes this. You well, know? I think that's that's where you have to acknowledge that your beliefs aren't going to be someone else's beliefs and that you should be somewhat reasonable to accept that other people have beliefs and hope mm-hmm. and hope that they are reasonable that that yeah they accept that you you have different beliefs too and i think that's the big issue is how far do you take that yeah so what do you have in terms of questions for me or anything i'm asking you a lot of stuff but i mean before we started talking you talked a little bit about like the uh damage that some people in the gay community see the christian community having done is there anything you want to get off your chest with that stuff tell people or or ask me or anything like that well i think uh, open discussions are are good and i think Mm -hmm. that we've become as a society very polar and and everyone's going to the extremes certainly both politically and socially for a lot of issues or whatever and i do think that when you are so polarized that you do have to make concessions and kind of like work towards the middle to kind mm-hmm. of resolve things and, and be more tolerant of, yeah. of different viewpoints. So I think maybe from the Christian side of things, I think the, mm-hmm. and again, I don't want to lump anything, but from the, lump away. Uh, you know, a, a lot of standpoints is that certainly in American culture that even though we have separation of church and state, right. Because the majority of people are, are Christian, it's almost like a Christian. <laughs> Excuse country. me, Mike. There is a war on Christmas, and it will never end. You gotta love so, that. So you know, I think a lot of I think something that a lot of people take for granted is that a lot of the laws seem to be based in sort of the Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, because the founders were, or or because there's some element of of that. Even in the 50s, I know they added "In God We Trust" to the money, and that endlessly aggravates atheists. You know, right? Yes. Yeah, and so, I, you know, I don't blame them. I, I feel like that is maybe a step too far. Mm-hmm. I think even the founders in their writings, I think they called Muslims Mohammedans, which I've never heard before, but it's like, <laughs> all right, well, they still acknowledge that there were going to be other types of religions in this country, and we were going to allow that, because where we came from, the king did not allow. You know, Well, that's that's the di- funny thing. When they dissent. said freedom of religion, I think they were really right. more speaking of the different types of Christianity oh, at so? the time, you know, between, you know, the... Puritans and the Catholics and the Anglicans and stuff and the Quakers and who are you know all the different um, denominations denominations <laughs> of, of Christianity that when they wrote freedom of religion you didn't think they had in mind Buddhism and well Buddhism. I don't I don't want to say they didn't yeah. have in mind but I I kind of felt that it was probably more so that they were seeing that how the different maybe the Anglican Church in, right, in, right. in England was running and how the Catholic Church in Italy was running in mm-hmm. terms of their influence on the countries that they wanted to separate that for the United States, that we would not right. have a very tied-together religion state. But I feel like I interrupted your point a little, because you were saying that 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 is, is that a bridge too far, you think, with how some of the Christian community in America acts, because they almost act like the, the law is on their side, everything should be kind of a Christian well, think, nation. You know? Well, it's a Christian nation, and I think <laughs> right. that's where the whole marriage issue is pretty much coming from, right. is that right. if in Christian religions, the, right. the definition of marriage is between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. for the most part, and because that's how it is, is in their religion, they... I think they feel well, to, to that, be the law. That, that that to be the law, right. right? And I think from what we keep saying, separation of church and state. That's where I keep saying that you know mm-hmm. I think that needs to be separated. And that yes, right. I acknowledge that for your religion, and I think you have the right to believe that in your religion. But just because it's in your religion doesn't make that the law. Yeah, I don't think it's even necessary for Christianity to flourish because Christianity began in a Roman country that would put christians on spikes and light them on fire as uh, street lamps you know so mm-hmm. i mean that's where the early christians started spreading their message so i don't i don't even believe i mean 
you talk about a war on Christmas. I mean, that's that's a much more serious uh, type of uh, abuse to take. But like, that's where it flourished. So I think even if the country was full blown run by some kind of anti-Christian dictator, Christianity would still be okay. And mm-hmm. I don't think we need it to be written into law. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. And I do feel like a lot of the aggravation that atheists or the gay community or you know whoever feels is this attempt to pressure you to also think that legally Mm -hmm. right and i see no good coming of that now i mean i'm not uh very religious Mm -hmm. yeah what what do would you define yourself as religiously because i know you said liberal politically do you even have a name for your i we i was actually talking about this yesterday because i thought this would come up and i was like i don't really have an answer for this so Mm -hmm. um you know edit that out (laughs) (laughs) well i think you've told me before that you kind of feel agnostic i guess right i mean popular term what we were discussing yesterday mm-hmm. with uh, my one friend was he was basically yeah. saying like there's atheists, right. agnostic, and I can't remember the, the other term. That he <laughs> I said. need to know the third. But he was basically saying like an atheist would say, you know, do you believe in God? And an atheist would say no. Right. An agnostic would say, um, I don't know, or mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I would find out. Like I or I, we can't I, know. We can't know. Right. Something yeah. like that. And then he said this other term. It was when someone asks you do you believe in god your response would be define god like what oh. what, what is god and then yeah would kind of define your answer i thought oh that's very interesting because yeah atheist by saying that you don't seems quite arrogant to me in the, in the fact that like that you know that there isn't one well that was a that's a form i think they call strong atheism because even within atheism there's flavors yeah i've heard of that so there are some who say there is no god that's very rare i feel like now atheists are almost always quick to say lack of belief Belief. which is the a theism like it's actually literally right so and i i fully understand that but then that becomes like how well what about agnostic it's like so the agnostic is saying i just don't know so i don't take a position but i feel like those are very interchangeable yeah to me that seems very Mm -hmm. similar or whatever but i kind of fall in the category of what whatever is true mm-hmm. whatever i believe isn't going to change that so for me to have a belief on something like that mm-hmm. or to have an opinion is sort of irrelevant in the fact that okay whatever i believe well it won't affect whether reality. i believe something or not doesn't mean that it's not true or it whatever. might affect your behavior well okay right. but it you're right, right but, but it's will not it gonna change have, the universe will change the universe the answer <laughs> to that is no so right. yeah. i sort of take the position as yeah. I, I i don't know yeah. Whether I believe to be true or not isn't mm-hmm. going to affect the answer. Right. And I would like to know, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of the agnostic quality of I don't I don't care or I don't know. Or well, the I, I don't care is, I've heard as apathetic, basically. Apathetic. Like okay. I, Maybe I don't know if that was the third one he was saying, but there are certain people who actually do not care. Uh, that's one I have less sympathy for. I don't understand why you wouldn't at least want to know. Want right. to know. Give right. it some thought when you're getting high or something. Like just right. ask those big questions. It seems like they would matter. So yeah, I, I, I think there are certainly people like that. But so since I can't define, I just say in terms of religion, mm-hmm. I just say none. You fill that on your and not a nun as a Catholic <laughs> nun, but a, <laughs> right. Well, that'd be really interesting. <laughs> a gay nun. Yeah, but it's just a non. Well, there's a lot of nun in america i think and they want to be acknowledged and and i think that is a a checklist now on forms and things and right and yeah i feel like that is a completely reasonable position i hope that that also includes open-mindedness you know in in terms of like you said there's a there's a stripe of atheism very rare i think that says 
there's definitely no God and like militant, you know, about that. It seems it seems very right too arrogant. It's because like, if well, tomorrow show me your there was some of this, you right? Know, yeah. I also feel like evidence is very subjective. No, that sounds bad. Obviously, objective facts are one thing, but I feel like what is sufficient evidence is very right. subjective, right? Because oh, yeah, you'll talk to some people and they say, "Well, I, I just haven't been shown sufficient evidence." Well, what does that mean? You know, so for you that might be writing in the clouds, and for someone else, you know, that might be something much easier, uh, smaller right. on scale. And for exactly. me, you know, the with my beliefs, I, I feel like you know there there are elements of reality that lead me to think that there is a God, but I understand that my good evidence may not be your good evidence. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is when people say there isn't good evidence because that almost implies well, there's one. Now you're you're an engineer, you're a scientific person, but do you feel like there is a defined good enough evidence, you know, or do you think there is some room for for wiggle there with people? Um, well, it depends on what you consider good evidence. And I think (laughs) that's all on a personal level, like you just said. Um, different people have different levels of, of evidence. I, I think even if, even if, you know, the, the clouds open and magic did start happening, you know, like weird, you know, stuff. That's always the thing people go to. I always find that funny, like writing in the sky. You know, at some point you could even question that and be like, oh, was that an illusion or am I being tricked or whatever? Right. Depending so, like, on the skepticism of the person, some people would actually just so, so that's where never I'd, be Right. And so that's that's right. where I'd say, well, you there's always evidence, but... Right. You you never get to a hundred percent. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I would one hundred percent. There's agree with always <laughs> there's always going to be some doubt somewhere or whatever. Sure. So some and because people right. are in the spectrum, it's like well, yeah, I may feel that there's zero point zero 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 one mm-hmm. bits of useful evidence, and another person will say I think right ninety nine point nine or whatever. But, yeah, we're talking about the spectrum of belief. Yeah, basically, or yeah. spectrum of doubt. Oh yeah, and you see people's journeys go all over the place with that stuff. You know, right. people that move from belief to atheism or vice versa right and then what convinces one person yeah i don't know it's yeah i mean the only the only um sort of paradox or whatever is mm-hmm. the, the evidence that i see of just there's something mm-hmm. is just the, the fact that there is something uh-huh. as opposed to nothing like right that's one of the ones for me that's kind of big it's like this is a right. paradox like why is right. there something or whatever. right yeah. I don't necessarily... I think we've had a little bit of this conversation We probably before. have, yeah. yeah. I used to have my Xbox Live slogan set to Earth is God's crime Rest scene, <laughs> which, I, which I think you really liked um, because it came out of a conversation that you and I had where I said that I feel that almost like a forensic CSI investigation of the cosmos shows that someone has been here. You know, that's how I, t- I take it. There is l- evidence littered about that something suspicious has happened here. We may not know who it is based purely on that part. But that's how I look at it, right? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the the something why is there something question I think is very thought provoking. I mean, obviously, and there are some people you talk to who say we will find an answer in science, like we will, and that's almost a faith of a certain kind mm-hmm. that science will solve it, you know, or whatever. And other people, but say, I well, I even feel right. even with science, right. it's still like you keep a, you might approach one like on a right, right. You might keep getting closer and closer, you know, ninety nine point nine nine nine, whatever. But right. I don't think you could ever get to to one as as a hundred one representing. Yeah, that everything is resolved. Yeah, the trick is when we go into the past. I feel like you know, unfortunately, I would love a time machine because I would mm-hmm. love to see you know Jesus stuff. I want to see early human stuff. I want to see early universe stuff. I think those are the three areas 
that if we could travel back in time would resolve a lot of these things. Unfortunately, we're dealing with forensics, basically. We're dealing with history, Mm -hmm. documents, and Which made Back to the Future so unrealistic that they'd go back to 1955 as opposed to zero or... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I love how he just dials that in. You know, what happens there? What's this dial doing, you know? Yeah, I don't think we'll ever have such a thing, and it's very frustrating to me because a lot of things that have happened in the past are just, they're only accessible to us through incomplete, imperfect ways, right? You know, documents, fossils, tree rings, and it's like a little frustrating sometimes. Right, and that's that's part of the problem with the evidence a lot is, you know, not retrievable or whatever. So, mm-hmm. like, certain things could have happened, and we just... Right you know, have crumbling relics and, yeah. and papers that disintegrated mm-hmm. or whatever that... Yeah, that's a shame, you know, but it's one of those things I think that keeps questions open, you know, is that no one can necessarily put a hard stamp on some of the past, you know. So mm-hmm. it it does tend to break into, well, what's your best theory, <laughs> you yeah. know, and... I, I don't like when people say there's no evidence for God because I have books full of it. It's just whether it's persuasive to you. Right. I mean, that's the you know lesson of the day is that <laughs> every, everyone's a spectrum and, you know, you can't lump people into yeah. a liberal or, Republic, or Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, yeah. you know. You know, all those different categories. You have to see that everyone's a, a spectrum of, of characteristics and, mm. and um, treat it on that way and, mm-hmm. and uh, talk about issues that, you know. I think yeah. Conflict. I think we've agreed a lot. I'm trying to find some areas that are a little bit more. Well, I uh, guess I guess maybe a question for you is yeah. like in terms of uh, upbringing. Yeah. I guess maybe we could talk about like our religious upbringing mm. or whatever because I think right. that's probably something that's a little bit different. I mean, I was you're um, watching He Man, and I was, I was being, watching. I was being told not to watch He Man because there's what you said, one master of the universe, and it ain't He Man. Yeah, so. that was it. There's only one master of the universe in this house. I also agree with it. It's not <laughs> He Man, but maybe for different reasons. But, okay. Um, I mean, I, I I grew up uh, Presbyterian. We we're Methodist for oh, a little okay. bit of time, but I didn't know esen- that. Yeah. But essentially, like right. Presbyterian. But for me, religion just didn't stick per se. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really, you know, going to church and stuff. I just didn't. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. just didn't didn't click. Didn't click. I didn't. I didn't feel like I I believed what was necessarily being presented. And mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I enjoyed you know good smells you know participating in it and youth group and all sorts of stuff okay, and it was yeah. certainly fun right but at the end of the day i kind of felt like i was like separating from it just from a lack of mm. belief mm-hmm. um and that's pretty much my upbringing for mm-hmm. as opposed to religion well yeah no i mean i've already said i'm raised in a christian household and, and that certainly came with its own sheltering of of certain things couldn't watch the smurfs <laughs> there's a <laughs> yeah, wizard yeah gargamel that's the that's the most confusing one because Gargamel is clearly the villain, but you know he's drawing pentagrams, so I guess that was out. But you wouldn't have been allowed to read Harry Potter had it <laughs> no, come out earlier. No, but. and I will say on that, I I understand <laughs> I understand that decision from Christian parents with children of a certain age. I think once you're old enough to distinguish fantasy and reality, um, I think it should be allowed that you should be able to read that, despite anything being in there controversial or even. Well, I think once you get to a certain age, you should be allowed to read anything sure, and sure. make your own decisions. About yeah, yeah. When my but, my family yeah. and for for what I'm saying about my sheltering, which I did, I did warn my mom that some of this podcast would revolve around me calling our family sheltered, and she she was fine with that. So I'm not offending her by saying that. But she also, when we were teenagers, started to loosen that up, and my my dad allowed me to purchase the MC Hammer tape uh, <laughs> on my own volition if I thought it and was that was 
your acceptable. first uh, yeah yeah wild uh, that was that was a big deal for me because he was like you hear the lyrics you you know what it says it's on you to decide and I remember thinking oh that's a big responsibility so I also had the MC Hammer tape and <laughs> never listened to any of the lyrics didn't yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> listen to the songs but I probably didn't listen to what he was yeah. actually saying other than you can't touch this that's but. it yeah um, I, I went to uh, Christian schools my whole life my brother started to go into public school and I just started to choose that I would still go to Christian schools and as a result my mom would drive me way out of the way to go to them but after a while you hit your 20s and it it either it becomes real to you and you do your own studying or you just I feel like are relying on your parents faith which you know if, if that's the only reason you believe that's very shady and suspect especially mm-hmm. if you talk to anyone else and they go oh just your mom thinks that uh, what other thing would you accept as an adult like that right like <laughs> You know, people do that with politics too, but it's like that's not valid. But now I have a, yeah. I guess another question for yeah. in terms of Christian school and yeah. the churches that you went to, mm-hmm. did they promote certain viewpoints and like positions on uh-huh. and doctrines and stuff? Mm-hmm. Because the one thing I will say from going to church Presbyterians that all these things that we we talk about, you know, Christians having like mm-hmm. views on you know not accepting gay marriage and stuff, right. I don't ever remember any controversial type issues being brought up on sermons or whatever. I mean, it was always, you know, love your neighbor uh, and yeah, do fluffy. nice things and, right. and all this kind of stuff. And I don't remember any like Fire controversial issues like, you know, a sermon on abortion or a right. sermon on you yeah. know, gay marriage or whatever. Like Again, just, I feel like that came probably after you left the church. In the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of tying into politics. I had a pastor who had started to, uh, I don't know if pastors are legally not allowed to endorse candidates, but at the time, Dole was the Republican candidate, and he brought up a container of Dole uh, banana you know, juice <laughs> or whatever it was and started drinking from it during the sermon as a way to like tacitly, uh, you know, s- support that. It was very bizarre. And, I, and, and, you know, you could hear the grumblings in the congregation because some people didn't like Dole and wouldn't. And so it, I remember it getting weirdly political. After a certain point, and that's probably when you start noticing the abortion conversations and well, stuff. I just, like, I just don't think that right. at the Presbyterian church they, really they did cover, that. They did. Well, that. you'll you'll get more followers and if maybe, you if you are more happy and upbeat and don't talk as much about and that. Maybe things like that happen in in certain right. uh, you know meetings, mm-hmm. like you know how they have mm-hmm. like social groups and meetings and stuff. Bible afterwards, studies, Bible studies and, yeah. and stuff, yeah. which I didn't you know participate in so right, i can't right. comment on but in terms of the general just go into your sunday yeah. sermon or whatever like yeah. i never felt that they were saying anything political or right any controversial type society type issues now i i will say that i have been mm-hmm. to some catholic ceremonies where i did feel it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't very right uh, on the surface but it was kind of in there a little bit that i did kind of feel it every catholic i mentioned this to my catholic friend in our podcast together every service i've been to they've they've proselytized to the people who are non-catholic in there like they talk about birth control or they talk about something that's a very catholic idea that they want everyone to know. So they seem more fearless on that. Like, yeah. we've got you gathered for a funeral where we got, it's our time to tell you. And that's kind of my impression that it, okay, because it, right. was, it, it, it would, it occurred at like a, 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 a wedding or a funeral <laughs> right, or, yeah. or someone's, you know, right. uh, what a confirmation or Feels something. Feels off that topic. I, and it just, you know, you're, you're there for something else and then it got thrown in. And I was like, that's weird. And vote no on Prop 28 and <laughs> whatever. And you'll be like, what, what, what was that? Yeah, I remember that as, so we have a mutual friend who got married in a Catholic church, and um, as they were leaving the ceremony, uh, in the back of the church were all these signs that were like, vote no on this political thing. And they they were like, 
you know, celebrating and walking and smiling, and they're walking past these political type banners. And I just remember thinking, kind of, this feels gross. Like mm-hmm. this feels like the wrong. So yeah, I I feel like the the culture clashes came most when Christians started getting political, and I just don't see. Like I said, in the first century, I don't see Jesus advising people to get political. I mean, they lived under a very oppressive government, and they didn't talk about that. They didn't talk about taking the government to task the way that Christians in America talk, which is funny because America is so pro-Christian, as you as you mentioned. We live in a very nice place for Christians. You know, there are other countries where they might kill you if you're Christian, so, and, and all other manner of things, so. Well, I think, I think what yeah. you're kind of saying is the difference between right. more of the Christianity and the like religious base aspect of. Like, I think it's what happens when religion. when people get a hold of of religion when they've established their very specific religion, then they have their own rules and, and requirements. Where it seems like you're more of a non denominational kind of a. Yeah, I like going to non denominational services. I have no problem with certain denominations. It's like you with the gay pride flags, where you're like, man, this is a whole bunch of wild flags, but I'm still here. So yeah, I I would break bread with. Baptists and Presbyterians. I had to try to remember the Methodists and these things. We would probably have some little differences, but at the end of the day, the core of it would probably be the same, you know? So this is what I would rather focus on is the core, simple five-year-old can understand type stuff of Christianity. And unfortunately, what gets talked about endlessly, like even the homosexual, sorry, the gay issue, even that was my Christianity coming out of like, they would always say homosexual, like which I've heard a lot of gay people say, like, we really don't say that that much. I mean, I don't know. Do you, like, constantly say homosexual? Like, it feels it feels too scientific and technical. Like, well, I actually, when I was taking a class in college that was, mm-hmm. you know, gay issues, they actually were saying that homosexual is kind of viewed as somewhat of a, like a negative term or whatever, uh-huh. and that, you know, gay and lesbian or whatever is, is a more proper term. Certainly shorter. I've never had an issue with personally as homosexual because right. to me, it, again, it's very, very cold and scientific, <laughs> yeah. which... Maybe I'm a cold and scientific person, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I am a, a scientific person, but I don't know what the, the issue was, and someone could probably educate me and explain, but I, to me, it just is a very scientific type right. turn. And yeah. Real quick, before we get back to that, um, the Christian community and stuff, but uh, is the F word within the gay community ever used in a slang way, the way the N word is used in the black community, like an owned term, you know, or like how we would say geek of ourselves? Like, yeah. It's an offensive term prior but now we say that like that is, i have never seen that but is that something that someone has tried to claim and own like do yes you, it's used okay um okay i not not that i'm planning on using it i'm just saying no, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I i don't like I mean, bill and ted speaking of 80s bill and ted use it <laughs> we, we've discussed some of the differences right i can't i can't remember the scene off the you were just telling me about it yeah they hug and then they back off of each other and they, oh and yeah, they, okay right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I have mixed thoughts on that. You yourself I, wouldn't do that? I wouldn't use it. Uh-huh. Um, because it's, my, my thought process on that would be, if I'm going to use it, even in a, you know, comedic sense or, or whatever, a mm-hmm. community sense, if, I don't like the fact that I'm discriminating other people from using it. Like, if you're going to find that it's acceptable to use, okay, right. then why would you shake someone else? You're like sort of spreading to, it around. I think Richard Pryor had a similar take on the N-word. Yes. He was like, you know, you're putting it out there. It's a, it's an offensive term. It's a he. I can't remember what he called it—a wretched word or something like that. He just thought it shouldn't be used by anyone. Right. It's if you're going to find offense in it when one person says it, but not another, it just seems not. Sorry, that's a little side path, but I just it had is, that while no, it was, it's, while it's it's a, was on my that's mind. That's a good question. Um, different people have different views on it, but it's right. Yeah. 
But I was going to say that I do think that the appearance from the gay community looking at the Christian community is that they're obsessed with the gay issue, right? Especially around gay marriage. It would almost mm-hmm. make it seem like the main thrust of Jesus' teaching was about gays, you know? So which, I- which is surprising because the entire Bible only has like six, seven verses on homosexuality. But the importance that's been given, I guess, makes it af- appear like this is the primary concern of the Christian church. Right. right? So this, I've, right. I've, yeah. I've brought up this like yeah. point before. Right. When you talk about marriage, mm-hmm. if you were to look at the fundamental things in a, in a Christian right. church or whatever, it's, right. it's probably a, a single God that you believe in that single God, that Jesus was his son in mm-hmm. um you know, you could go on as to the order of importance of yeah. the core beliefs or whatever. Again, like you said, homosexuality is is only mentioned in a few parts mm-hmm. in the Bible and is right. relatively minor in terms of its right. its influence. So when people are fighting about, oh, well, gay marriage or whatever, it's like, right. well, what about a, a marriage of someone that's in a whole other religion? Right. How do you accept that? Like, they, they don't even it? believe in your right. God. Right. To me, that's the fundamental Mm. aspect. Yes, their other religion marriage might be between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. but they don't even believe in your God. So that should fundamentally right. be worse than a marriage between a you know, man right. and a man that meet all your top cri- criteria for believing right. in your God and all sorts of other stuff. So yeah. what that really boils down to is just basically saying like, we don't like this because it's weird and unusual. Like, And that's why it's... That's how it came across. That's, you know... I think it's one of those things where, from my standpoint, like that you mentioned the core teachings of Christianity, one of those is that we are all royally screwed up. That's like 101. I mean, the, the whole idea of having a savior is that you need saving from something, and you are you are trash, basically, all of us. So I, I feel like that's a great, humble place to start from, and if you believe homosexuality is a sin, to call that one sin out and ignore the nine million others that you're doing, other people are doing, it feels very weird to me like you're putting all this intense focus on this one well and it also makes it seem like that the primary concern is that we just have gays not get married and that will make (laughs) the difference as if that's again that's not like from a christian perspective the goal would be well we would want them to be christians but after you become a christian like i said the gay christian community they they debate this should we be celibate should we be in a monogamous uh, committed marriage relationship. Obviously, a core of Christianity is, is no premarital sex, so it's like, should we be in married committed relationship? But that, that discussion can be had amongst Christians, but to go and tell non-Christian gays that they need to act Christianly <laughs> is so insane. I mean, And my Christian friends and I have talked about that, too, is like, it puts the cart way before the horse of like, let's focus on like, the music you're listening to as if that's the big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I could talk for days about this, and I don't want to make it seem like all of these things are equally difficult to struggle with, but I mean, what about adultery? What about your own propensity to sleep around as a straight person? Like, th- those kind of things, like, these are things also within the Christian church that they would frown at, but they don't talk about it as much. Like, that's somehow an okay right. thing to do, right? Coveting your neighbor's goods. And, and, right, and right. What, I mean, there's I mean the list is a mile long, and, and the idea of Christianity is that you can't, you're so screwed you know, that that you need help, basically. So, yeah, I, I just so you know, I, I think that that narrow focus is kind of, it creates a bizarre version of Christianity to people that's like, well, it must be all about ga- and, not and being I, gay. And again, you know? I think it, right. it really comes down right. to more of a society-type difference of not liking things that are unusual to you or weird. And uh, Oh, that's a good question for and, you. And I think yeah, it's it's really not about the religion. They just, people are uncomfortable with, you know, 
a man marrying another man or being with them. And you think it's even more primal than the religious aspect. You think that they're yes, like yeah. just put off by that idea, and yeah. then they struggle. And then to... because it's said in religious texts that it's wrong, they're kind of backing that. But it's it's really fundamental. Like if, if you it think they use that in, as like a crutch or something. It's sort. Of, I mean, okay. I kind of think so. I mean, if if it wasn't written negatively in the Bible, I think that you'd still have the same. Just it, by oh, I'm not like that. Therefore, that's bad. Right. It's, yeah, just because it's not, you know, the norm being, mm-hmm. you know, the most popular situation. Yeah, that's the question I have for you is about the term homophobic, because that one also bothers me, <laughs> because I feel like it skirts around the real issue. Uh, now, you might disagree with this, but I want to know. I, it seems to have come up a few times on this podcast, but I remember uh, I was giving a kid a ride to church, and he was telling me, he was sort of coming out to me in the car, right? And and. Later, we had rules against driving teenagers to church, you know, when, when we were in the youth leadership or whatever. Like, I was like a DJ at the youth group, whatever. So, um, but anyway, I was giving him a ride and he was telling me that he was like, the way he called, he described it was being a flamer. I don't know if that's something that people still say, but he was like, I'm a flamer. That's that's what I am. I, re- I figured it out, you know. Flame on. And we were talking about that and we were talking about what the Bible says and these kind of things. But he said that the problem to him was people are so homophobic. And I remember at the time thinking... That term is inaccurate because it, it's that you fear gays, right? But it ignores whether or not you might have some kind of a value-based uh, decision around that or, you know, a religious text or something else that would inform that, right? So what do you think about that? Do ter- do people around you use the term homophobic a lot? Because I, I feel like it, it, it portrays it as almost a medical condition or something, you know, like, you know. Uh, well, I think, again, there's... A spectrum of, mm-hmm. of homophobic or whatever. There's certainly the the people that are you know it's a complete sin and like you said should be put in prison or whatever you know the the, the extreme on that side. And then there are people on the other side that say that you know that's fine. You can do whatever you want, but I don't think that you should be allowed to get married or something. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a spectrum of the right. the, the extreme. Whether you would classify both as homophobic, mm-hmm. I, I probably would in in some de- degree, even though. Well, I'm just talking. I'm focusing on the phobia word because I'm just like even the guy who wants to like murder gays, is he homophobic or is he like homo angry or something? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> well, I, I, I I know that I know you that can certainly make you know, right. I don't know what terms for it. Homo hatred killer or whatever. But right. Yeah. I just I felt the phobia did a, a little bit of like an ad hominem thing where it was like attacking the. The person has, well, your real problem is that you're scared, you know, and maybe a little bit of that was in what you just said about how you think that people do react and from almost a place of discomfort. Well, I, and I don't think it doesn't could... accurately describe the people that I know who, who struggle with gay marriages is, is, you know, like I said, they might just be their belief system or something, you know, but right. And I, but it's you know, not fear necessarily. So I, I don't know how you feel about that. But. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I think that the term is probably not very specific and, and is used widely for numerous things. I mean, you could even say like a, there could be a straight guy that wholly supports gay marriage and supports all of the gay issues and everything. But if you take that straight guy and tell him to go to a gay bar by himself, well, there's some phobia might come out. Maybe he would feel uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, so you're true. So you could you could argue that he's like, well, I completely you know agree with all of your you know beliefs and everything, right. but I would feel uncomfortable being in a right. gay bar by myself. Yeah, some of the things you've you, told me you about that, gay bars. Do you call yeah, that homophobic? Yeah. It's like, well, that feels almost mm, like it would be more accurate because he's he's literally afraid a little bit, but he's he's actually maybe an ally you would call him or something, but he's like uncomfortable. Right. So you know. Whereas so, someone who is like 
maybe not afraid of gays, but disagrees with their lifestyle or something like that. Right. So in that's, you know, that case, I, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. call him homophobic, but the, the term is used broadly yeah. for pretty much anyone who right. isn't in full support of gay issues. And that's one of those things I feel like has done some amount of damage to the conversation because same with pro-life, pro-choice. It's really terrible terms that don't really get at a lot of the heart both people love life both people love choices you know mm-hmm. it's it's crazy you know <laughs> let, let's let's try to narrow it down a little bit more than that or um you know immigration i was just talking about you know with a friend that it's like either like hate all these people or let them all in you know mm-hmm. like it's like oh there's there's got to be these nuanced but i think you can only have that when you start actually talking through it if you just stop at the terms of course you're gonna fail at, yeah. at, at learning everything but um I was going to ask you something else, too, about that. Um, Go ahead. Would you have an issue with someone who uh, who is a gay Christian, you know, say like, um, uh, you know, Project Runaway, Tim Gunn is, has said that he's celibate, you know, voluntarily. He's I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but he I don't even know if he said why, but he just is this way, right? Mm-hmm. Would you have a problem with a gay Christian voluntarily being celibate because this is what they believe God wants and this is their Christianity being acted out? You know, I, like I said, there there are books written on either side in the gay Christian community right now. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Matthew Vines. He wrote God and the Gay Christian. Anyway, he would kind of be the monogamous but gay marriage allowed guy. And then there's Others, um, I think Wes Hill, because I was poking into these YouTube conversations recently, and there's some interesting stuff, but Wes Hill has a book about, uh, he promotes celibacy. Would that bother you if a person, like, just submitted themselves to that? So you're just saying someone that that has, like, gay urges, but they're choosing not to be in a gay relationship because they feel that it's wrong from a Christian standpoint? Right, right. Yeah, we we acknowledge that the desire is not controllable. Right. But I would say the same thing about heterosexual sin desires. You know, you can't necessarily turn off your desire for other people that are not your wife or whatever. And I understand that it might be more difficult for the gay person, you know, but what, what would you think of that? I mean, with, with, with being accepting of, of different people's choices and stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, that's their choice to make. Um, if that's how they choose to live, that's, you know, I accept that. I Would you feel bad for them? Would there be some level of like, you know, you feel like they'll spend their life alone and, and you would rather them not yeah, I mean, you could that, say, essentially. You, I mean, from a, like a, a perspective, yes, I, I would think that I would feel bad for that person, but I, I don't know their situation. So if, if they're completely happy the way they are, then it's their choice to make. Do you think the gay community would push back on, on something like that? I mean, it's not, not fair, as we've been saying this whole time. It's not fair to just say the gay community, but do you think there'd be pushback? I definitely think, yeah certain people in the gay community should think that you know they he should be allowed to express his feelings however he wants and he is you know i think that's one thing that you have to accept is that if you want people to accept your belief you have to allow mm. this other person to accept their belief and if that is the way he chooses to live that's fine now we would probably feel bad because we would feel that he's maybe misguided mm-hmm. and that um, from fundamentals like that from fundamentals if there is that, no christian if there is no god if there is no jesus like these things right you're so living this way and you're denying yourself someone who's things. atheist right. or not religious right, would right. say well there's that that requirement in your religion is is bogus Based so you don't need to right. you don't need to follow it so right, we would feel right. bad but at the same time you can't force you know you shouldn't force someone to mm-hmm. to do their beliefs you could you could talk with them or try to convince them but the, at the end of the day yeah, and i don't have a problem with that know. Yeah, I think the persuasion part is is the good part, you know. 
like I said, I think the issues start revolving around trying to push and force. Yeah, them, no, push, pushing you know? and forcing is not the way to do things. You and can, that gay reparative therapy stuff, it has a negative connotation for a reason. It was that. Apparently, it was the t- attempt to change what maybe cannot be changed for whatever reason, you know. Um, do you think, you know, your your friend um, who we were referencing earlier, who's, he works with in the sciences, and he was telling me about the idea of homosexuality being like, you know, inborn and biological. When I heard that, I didn't ask him at the time, but I remember thinking, how would it be passed on? You know, because if if there's no reproduction... Have you ever thought about that? I, it's a it's a it's, it's a random thing to to ask, but well, that's the big that's the big question that everyone's trying to to answer yeah. is that they don't you know it's not hundred percent genetic because from a genetic standpoint you wouldn't have offspring. It would die off with right right. Although a lot of gay people have been in marriages where they had children and right you know I don't know you know so they don't think it's hundred percent genetic, but I or, or genetic I shouldn't say hundred percent even. I, I was seeing some things that it was just weird combinations of like nature affects your responses that then can cause changes to I don't know if it's changes to your DNA or changes to how proteins are made from DNA or something okay. that that yeah. then potentially affects your your body and how it works. So I don't. It, this is a science question yeah. that I can't yeah, even yeah. start to answer. <laughs> so um, they don't know, you know, right. how much nature, how much nurture, <laughs> whether it's development of brain, whether there's some genetic influence, whether there's a combination of things. Right. And I kind of feel that it's not one thing. It could be multiple. A patchwork. This could cause being gay in one situation, right. but this could cause it in another situation or right. a combination of these things. And mm-hmm. so I don't think there's one specific answer, but um, yeah. That's what science is. No, that's to good. That's out. good. Yeah, I, I I didn't mean to hit you with something that's you know outside of your realm or whatever. I just that always interested me. I, yeah, I'm gonna any detailed science question. I'm gonna back off because okay, there's yeah. there will be a, a yeah a very detailed science response to um, that that I can't. Here comes the stupidest question I've asked yet. Uh, it's one I may regret. I'll edit it out maybe. <laughs> uh, but I've had this thought before: is if you are attracted to the gender that you are. Have you ever looked at your own body and thought, oh, yeah, now we're talking? <laughs> like, uh, I've never heard it mentioned before. I, it's maybe a completely insane question, but I, at part of, you know, as a straight person, I look at the opposite sex, and there's all these things that are different about them that are like, well, what's going on? You know, curious things. But I wondered the other day, I don't know why, I was just, I was just you know, maybe so in the you bathroom. Haven't, you haven't been to a gym in, in recent <laughs> years, so I don't think this is limited to, okay. to gay people. But um, <laughs> Maybe a good point. You go to the gym. People staring at themselves in the mirror. And the, the guys lifting weights are right. always staring at themselves in the right. mirror. So right, um, right. I don't know what percent of vanity or, or <laughs> sexual attraction or whatever that may be. But um, yeah. I guess the question in a horrible nutshell is, have you ever been turned on by yourself? <laughs> Does that have a, um, a term? I was trying to think. Is that uh, unosexuality? <laughs> I only need me for this one, guys. Uh, that's it's an interesting question. I, uh, is, definitely, it, <laughs> is it a good um, I've I've never heard that question before, so it's okay. an interesting one. So but, maybe um, shouldn't have been asked. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're generally attracted to you know the male physique or, or the right, parts. which you so, which you possess. Right. So that's the only reason it occurred to me. And I'd like day, to add like, in a, an extremely uh-huh. right. you know muscular fashion. <laughs> yeah. No, you can. No one can see you, so you can say anything. Yes, I'm I'm a God's gift to gay man. But, <laughs> there you go. Um, no, but yeah. So I mean, I I would think that. You, you, you personally haven't could. ever felt that way of like attracted to your own body, basically. 
That's crazy. Yeah, that's it's a bit narcissistic. <laughs> okay. A little bit. Okay. So there's still some element of it's somebody else that adds is added in the mixture. Yeah. There, of like, like I said, I, I told you it was the stupidest question yet. So there you go. My wife had said to me before we recorded this that I should disclaimer that she's not as stupid as I am when it comes to these issues. So so that no one thinks she's lumped in with my, uh, just because we're married, that she has the same. But um, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, is there anything else you can think of that you feel like does need to be put out there more? Or I mean, I can't really think of, of too many things, but, right. you know, I was recently watching Queer Eye on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is the um, sort of revived that series or whatever. And one thing that's always in a lot of, anytime they tell stories of, of gay people or whatever, it, there's a lot of situations where families didn't accept gay people. Right. And so there was disownment or separation or, or right. not speaking to each other or whatever. And that, that definitely comes as a very damaging thing to occur to a, a child or no a doubt. person or whatever right um and predominantly i think a lot of those cases are based on situations where the family might be very religious mm-hmm. so um that's certainly a situation where um i mean there's people that have committed suicide as a result of not being accepted by their religious parents right. or so i mean that's something where i think a lot of work and, and discussion needs to be held to you know I think it's a, a fault that people aren't communicating and, and trying to resolve the issues and stuff. And I think that's just a, yeah, a, a common theme when watching these TV shows. Or they whatever, focus but. on that. I haven't seen the show, but so they're talking to families who are well, sometimes not, have this pain kind of in them. Yeah. Not, not every show has this, right, but a right. lot of times I think just recently one of the shows I watched was um, a girl that was basically disowned by her parents and she had right. to go live with friends or whatever. And they're saying that, you know, yeah. the, the uh, LGBT community is is your is your like is welcoming your new family or right, whatever right. Uh, yeah um, and you have to sort of choose right well that's harsh so it, it's so harsh and every <laughs> right, time you yeah. see one of those things you just you know feel terrible or yeah. whatever well it doesn't it sounds like your worldview even if your child you know I don't know what the equivalent would be came out to you as a hardcore fire and brimstone Baptist or whatever, you know what I mean? And I, I could not see you being a person that would drive them out into the snow, you know, as a result of that. It seems like you and I kind of agree that there's a persuasive, I keep saying that word, but I can't think of anything else, um, element to this of loving someone and sharing your views. But past that, you can't do much to, you know, control how someone is, you know, um, mm-hmm. And I think actually that there's decent evidence to show that by loving someone and by talking to someone, you may actually change someone's mind. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's how my mind has been changed. And you know, I've said that before on here, but that's the only hope I feel like there is for that stuff. But uh, yeah, the Christians who who ban their children from living in the house, whatever, I feel like that is um, not the attitude Jesus had. Uh, he was accused of spending too much time hanging out with sinners and people who were not like prostitutes, drunks, whatever, who are... And he just went out and hung out with those people, and I feel like that is the role model. So mm-hmm. if your own child is someone that you you know would not necessarily agree with, then you're in this exact same boat. It's your time to to shine and show how loving you are, and you know reach out. So um, that stuff is really sad. the The trans community stuff is even sadder because their suicide rate is is like higher than any group in like history. I, I was reading right, it's I mean, like higher it, than like Jews in in Nazi Germany and blacks in antebellum south so like that is a wild one Mm -hmm. the 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 reaction to that sometimes seems like well therefore it never 
never criticize them at all or they may go and kill themselves. And I, I do feel like that's breaking down some amount of communication, you know, but I think you have to handle it with an extremely light touch, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the statistics on that were, I mean, it was like half or more of the community had attempted suicide, I thought. And, of the trans community. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty point. shocking. And so that, that was going back to what we discussed earlier about... Um, I guess choosing to you know do the hormone treatment and stuff at a young age or whatever. A lot of uh, scientists and doctors in the community were basically saying, well, with a, a suicide rate of like nearly fifty percent or whatever, or attempted suicide rate of fifty percent, mm-hmm. like there are cancers with better survival rates than right. than that. And basically saying that yes, there could be situations where there could be you know some regret of doing these hormone treatments or something at an earlier you know stage that. The, the benefit of if you can, you know, de- decrease the suicide rate, it's, you know, the outcome is, is a much better for the whole general process. So, I mean, I think that's some of the discussions. And- yeah, that's, that's a really interesting one, right, is do post-op trans people decrease that suicide rate? And uh, is that good enough of a reason to possibly do these, like, things early on and stuff? That's a, that's the interesting conversation Yeah, right so, there. I mean, like... It's like, you know, is there a, such a thing as such a crisis that you would intervene in something extreme like that? And uh, that I definitely don't have an answer for right now. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Is I can't imagine what it would be like to wake up and feel like you're inside the wrong body, you know? Mm-hmm. So it seems like a very difficult one to, to solve, but... Yeah, I think any any response to that from religious communities and stuff has to be one that is attempting to help. I mean, you know what I mean? Like if you're if you could prove that your responses were causing suicides, I feel like that's a clear indication that you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a stupid thing to say, an like obvious thing to say, but uh yeah, nothing but sympathy there for that <clears throat> stuff. I mean, scientists are certainly looking at it and the thing is that I don't know how new of a like, I don't know when they started doing hormone on right. children. So I don't think we have data yet. I mean, I think we have to, right. you know, kind of, and that's, we yeah. have some data, but, right. we, you know, we don't have a large amount. So I think it's yeah, a continuing right. science that we have to see and investigate right. and kind of see, you know, the, yeah. the benefits of it. And right, exactly. You did your research. I did my research. <laughs> I watched, I watched a Dateline episode and I watched TLC. Obviously, so you can tell I, we're speaking outside of our area, <laughs> but um, maybe I will have a trans uh, person on here at some point. But we can get into that. You know, I don't know anything else. I'm, I, you know, I keep, I keep thinking of things, but I just want to give you the give you your time here. We've covered it. We Co- solved covered it. A, covered quite <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah. But. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on here and, and talking about this. I could tell right off the bat that it was going to be a good conversation because you walked in and you were just saying, oh, yeah, I was thinking about this and I've, I, I've seen militant friends act like this and all stuff. And it seems like you and I, and maybe it created a more boring conversation than people were hoping, but, you know, maybe they're hoping for more of a clash. But um, it's never been that way with you and I. And I, I feel like that's... Uh, that's not healthy or helpful for anybody. So I'm happy that you came I'm on. I'm glad to be here. And uh, I think we did have a good conversation. And I would say that, you know, I think our, our viewpoints are both uh, generally open and always up for a good conversation. And I think that's yeah. important. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you.